Hey, it's Tony. You're going to like this podcast with Ed. When you listen to the very beginning of it, you're going to be a little confused, though, and you're going to wonder, what in the world does this have to do with my diet? But just hang in there. Part of what we do on a daily basis and why we've been able to help so many people over the years is because we take this this product of human nature, the, the actions and the habits, the things that we do over and over that give us problems, we dissect them and understand what causes the problem and then make a change so that it ends up being a positive instead of a negative. And the first 10, 12, 15 minutes of this, it really is setting you up so that you can see why we react the way they do and or why we react the way that we do, and then specifically how you can apply that to what you're trying to accomplish with your fitness. So hang in there. You're going to enjoy this. See ya. Hello, it's Tony Dean, and welcome to the Dear Fat, You Don't Own Me podcast. This is episode 23. Ed, this podcast I wanted to talk about, I was actually looking through this, this book that I have of all these reasons that uh, people struggle when they're trying to lose weight, and I was looking for the next topic that I was going to discuss, and I ran across one specific topic, which we're going to go through, and it, it, the reason I, I wanted to do this one, because there's a book that I just finished, and I don't know if you, do you know who Ray Dalio is, Ed? Ray Dalio. Um, was he on The Sopranos? <laughs> he was no. not on the sopranos but <laughs> he is uh an investing guy and he oh. runs the largest hedge hedge fund uh on the planet called i think it's called bridgewater and associates oh okay and he uh, he might have been on the sopranos too but uh but he also does that and invest i don't know i think there, i think there's 200 or 150 billion dollars in this fund it's some ridiculous number well, anyhow, Ray Dalio, if you've ever listened to him, he some people would listen to him and say he's got a little bit of a radical approach to certain things. Yep. But when you read uh, what he writes, it's extraordinary because he takes some of those first thoughts he had and really boils them down to you know how he comes to some of his decisions about investing. And as I was reading this, I'm like, man, this is so useful for people trying to lose weight and just relates perfectly to, to what we're going to talk about. Uh, the book, by the way, Ed, if you ever want to read this, because Ed and I both do a little investing and we follow the markets, is called The Changing World Order. So it's it's pretty fantastic. Okay, so anyhow. So before we get into um, explaining this, I want to tell you a story. And Ed, I don't know if you've heard this story or not, but you probably have. Um, but there's a story that I heard one time, and there was a uh, a mom sitting in a train with her two kids. And there was a guy, he was going to work, and he was on the train, and uh, the kids were just being super rude and ridiculous. Well, anyhow, the guy's sitting there watching the kids, and, the, and, the, and they're jumping around, and they're laughing, and they're having fun, and they're bumping into people, and they're you know they're dropping things and knocking people's you know work over, and everybody's just trying to get to work. But these two kids, they're just being like crazy. And the guy is thinking, what is wrong with this woman? This is what's wrong with America. Because she is not like like watching these kids and they're being rude to all the people around them. But he decides he's just not going to say anything. So he doesn't say anything and he just sits there. But the kids keep getting worse. And then they, they bump into his leg and he keeps his mouth shut. And then finally, you know, she's just sitting there quietly doing nothing as they are just running out of control. And the guy finally can't take it anymore. And he looks at the woman and says, will you please control your kids? And the woman looks up and says, I'm sorry, they're, 
uh, we just got back from the hospital um, and their dad uh, died of cancer. And this is the first time I've seen them happy. And then, you know, she corralled them and straightened them up. Now, have you heard that story? I have not. But <laughs> it's pretty. Po- it's like, a powerful story, isn't it? Put a knife through my heart. Oh, I know, I know. And <laughs> and that's in in a. It's going to sound like as I tell that story that this podcast is about perspective, and that your perspective really matters. But it really is more than than just about that. And so, all right. So let's go ahead and lay the ground rules because this whole podcast is about. There are two thoughts that you're going to have when you're trying to overcome obstacles in relation to your weight loss, and a lot of this will tie to other things that you're doing as well. But there are two thoughts that you're going to have. There's the first thought you have and the second thought that you're going to have. And the goal is to get past that first thought because that first thought is the one that sinks the ship. And the second one is the one that actually causes you to do some good. So, all right. So this is where I'm going to need your help at, okay? In in this next part, for everybody listening, I'm going to tell you right now that there are 20% of the people that are listening to this podcast that will not get past this next part. Because to them, it will sound so controversial. Like I am picking up the most controversial controversial topics that we're dealing with at this time in history. And you're going to feel like I'm picking a side. And you got to trust me when I'm saying this. I respect people's opinions. You're going to see I'm not picking a side. I'm trying to make a point. Because if you learn this way that you think, that specifically Americans think, it's, it's something that's wrong with our culture – if you learn, what will happen is you'll learn to not react to your first knee-jerk, knee-jerk response, like in that story, and then you'll react to the second response, and the second response gets you to where you want to go. So, okay. So anyhow, um, there. Are, if you think about some of the, uh, the issues that we're dealing with right now, we've just recently had Roe versus Wade. Don't hang up the phone yet. Don't panic, okay? I'm not picking a side on this. It's okay for you to be right. But... When we look at people talking about Roe versus Wade, I'm not going to say which way that I feel, but there is no like three sides to this. There are the people that think it needs to go one way, the people that think it needs to go the other way, and both of those two sides want to see the other side um, like dead. They just want them out of the picture. It's the same thing with gun violence. You got people on one side that think that you just got to let people run around with guns, and you got... The other side that says we can't let up anybody guns, and there's no middle. There's nobody actually thinking about this. A perfect example of this um, is Trump. When you think of Trump, the way that people talk about Trump, you got people that are watching these these hearings that are going on right now. Have you watched any of these, by the way, Ed? Uh, I have. I have just very sparingly. I have my opinion, and you know, it's one of those where it's like, and and I, I'm probably like. 80% of, of the people that are going to listen to this, you know, you hear the Donald Trump and you instantly have a reaction. Right. And, and you even, you might even take something that somebody says and take it out of context and say, well, they're for or against, but I haven't right. said for or against on any of these topics. Okay. Right. But the truth is in all of these scenarios, okay. We're so far from actually coming up with some meaningful discourse on gun violence, as an example, you know, of saying that, you know, well, maybe we need some regulation, but we don't need to take them from people. Maybe we need background checks, you know, coming up with something that's reasonable because there is no middle on any of these topics. 
everybody's reaction is I'm on this side and I hate all those people on that side. There's no pause to go, wait a minute. We live in a world where lots of people have guns and people don't have guns. And in some of those places where they have guns, they manage them a little bit better than we do. You know, if we were just thinking, we might be able to look at what they're utilizing, the tools that they're using and say, well, how could we do better with that? How could we learn from them? We also have people that don't have guns at all. And there are some good things about that and maybe some bad things. You know, if we were somewhere in the middle and actually opening our minds and not reacting to that immediate reaction and just looking at it and going, well, wait, what can I learn from that? There might be something useful that we can learn. We get past that first thought. Okay, so now back to this book that I was talking about. By the way, if you read this book, Ed, you're going you're gonna to absolutely love it. It's, it is a totally different picture about the world and how it works together. And in, in one of the, ch- or not in the, one of the chapters, but throughout it, he talks about China a lot. And by the way, I know you're wondering what this has to do with weight loss, everybody. Just hang in there. We're coming to it. This will make sense. He's talking about China. And he's talking about the reason that we have such a hard time getting along with China and we have all these disputes with China is because our first reaction is they're doing things wrong. They're going in and trying to take Taiwan. You know, they're, uh, you know, so anti-American. And yet they're communist. They're communists. That's exactly <laughs> right. You know, it's interesting because when people say they're communists, I was talking to Nikki about this yesterday. And she, I said, when you first think of China, what do you think about? She said, they're communists. And I said, well, it, are they socialists? What would you say? Are they socialists? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I would say that they're actually more of a republic, kind of like we are, in the fact that they do allow people to, to earn based on what they produce. Right. It's, it, it is kind of a, it's not just, I mean, you think of communism, you think of Russia, you know, yes. the cold war era. Here's it, your toilet paper. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Here's your loaf of bread for the week. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Don't eat more than two pieces a day. And then you look at China and there was a time, and I, they might even still be doing this. I am not up to date on this where you could only have one kid and you know, you know, and they, they really take control. But at the same time, in China, you have some billionaires, some people right. that have made huge amounts of money, like the guy who created uh, the Chinese, Alibaba. yeah, Alibaba, the Chinese uh, Amazon, who disappeared for a while. Where do they think he went? They think that the Chinese just took him and wiped him out because they're like, yeah, you're a little bit too rich. And uh, we'd rather have, you know what I mean? And so it is kind of this mix of communism and capitalism and socialism it's not like it's not really one or the other yeah and and so the you know we have this this like we live one way and they live one way and the two ways are totally different um you know the and as i was reading this you know i've always thought you know about this recent invasion of ukraine i've thought you know, that's a good thing for our relationships with China because China wants to take over Taiwan. And if Taiwan gets taken over, that's bad for us, right? And right. because that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So then I'm reading a little bit more about this. And then I find out that, you know, take a look at the other people's perspective. You know, that's what he's saying. He's saying, just look at it. They don't think they're the bad people. They think they're doing right. So why do they think they're doing this right? And then I found out, and I didn't know this, and Ed, we were talking about this a little bit ago for the podcast, and Ed and I uh, were just kind of researching this to see if any of it was true. But apparently, a couple decades ago, we made an agreement 
And the agreement basically was, and I'm oversimplifying this, that we're just going to stay out of this situation in Taiwan. Now, again, this is 40 years ago. I think it was in the 70s or the 80s. But basically, we had a stance that we said, you know, we're just going to leave that alone. Well, now China wants us to honor that agreement and just stay out of it and do that. But the thing is, that doesn't meet our needs right now. And so we're saying, no, thanks. We're going to send a bunch of ships over there. And who knows? We end up in World War III out of this. But the point is, we don't hear that side of the story in the United States that there might be another side to this. We just hear one piece like they're going into this country. And we totally don't hear anything about the fact that Taiwan used to be part of China. They're just trying to reunify their, their country in the same way that, I don't know, if California left the United States, we might want to, you know, bring them back in at some point. And the United States made an agreement to stay out of it, which they're not doing. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's when you're trying to, like, understand how the world works, when you're trying to understand how your diet works, when you're trying to understand parts of your life that are confusing, we have a tendency to react really quickly to the first piece of information and then not go any further. Which brings us to the things that we all do every day. We all don't go to China every day, and most of us have never met Trump and, you know, and, and, and all that. But, you know, the one thing that we do do every day is most of us drive. So, Ed, help me out, okay? Okay. You're, dri- you're, 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 uh, you're at a uh, stoplight, uh-huh. and uh, the, um, you're sitting there waiting for the light to turn green. And uh, all of a sudden, your phone beeps, and you know that you just got a text. Now, as much as we all know that we shouldn't look at that text, we all know that we occasionally do. You look down at that text and you see that it, I don't know, something that you actually needed to attend to while you're standing at a red light. Okay? And what happens next? Of course, the light turns green while you're looking down and everybody starts moving, but you're looking down and the guy behind you honks. Okay, your first reaction to that is what? What a jerk. What a jerk. (laughs) This guy's a total idiot. I can't believe this guy's honking me. So here you are checking texts in your car, right? Right. Stop. Yeah, stopped in the middle of the road right now while everybody's going. And the guy behind you is just saying, hey, look around. The world just started moving and you're, you're acting like this is a parking lot. And yet our first reaction is, you're a jerk. But the correct reaction there is probably what? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, or thanks for the reminder, you know, because I was freaking reading texts in my car. But because in America, we have this, this, this huge division, and there are other countries certainly that are like this, just America, we have this huge division where we, you know, there is no middle ground where we can pause for a minute and actually think about something that disrupts what we're trying to do, or even disrupts, you know, the thought process that we're in the middle of, or maybe even disrupts what we think we know, but maybe we don't accidentally know. Instead of looking at that situation and saying, I wonder why this guy just honked at me. Oh, maybe it's because I'm checking texts in my car. And so instead of learning anything or coming up with something useful, we just get mad and maybe even flip the guy off. So here's another one that happened to you. I'm riding my bike the other day around uh, Chalco, which is a lake by my house. And it's about a 16-mile ride that I do. And uh, whenever I ride by somebody, Ed, what do you do? Ed's a big rider. How many 100-mile uh, bike rides have you done, Ed? Oh, well, I, I believe it's five now. 
That's which awesome. two of them were back to back days. So there's that. That was super cool when you did that. that was, yeah, that was right. That was right before COVID, wasn't it? It, it was during COVID. Actually, during COVID. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So, so yeah. So anyhow, I'm riding my bike and uh, I'm pass. I'm just about to pass this person. And when you're about to pass somebody walking on your bike, what do you do, Ed? On your left. Yeah. On your left. I mean, Yep, on yeah. your left. So I'm coming up, and every person I pass, I say that. On your left. So anyhow, there's this lady walking. She's an older lady, and she's walking with her dog, and she's walking with some guy next to her. And somebody running the other way, passing her, kind of coming towards me, because I'm coming from behind them. Mm-hmm. As he passes her, she turns all the way around. She's looking right at me. So the thing is, I'm not going to scream on my on left at her, because she just looked right at me. Well, apparently... She wasn't looking at me. She was looking at the jogger. She didn't see past him. She didn't see me. So when I went by her, like I didn't say anything because I thought she'd seen me. And the second I go by, she goes, jerk. Why don't you say something when you're passing? (laughs) Right? Okay. So I turned around. I said, I'm sorry. I thought you looked at me. You know, and I just kept riding. But I mean, what was the correct response there? Because the first response is that guy's a jerk. The thing is, you know, we automatically assume that somebody's trying to be rude to us or somebody's trying to hurt us or they did something yeah. wrong, you know, when you could argue that, like, she also wasn't paying attention. And the thing is, maybe there was something she didn't know, but the first reaction is so extreme now for everything. It's not like I rode by her and I threw an elbow or I, I punched her husband when I went by or, I, you know, I ran over her dog or something. All I did was rode on a path next to her. Um, You know, I mean, nothing really happened, but that's the reaction. So that brings us to our program. Ed's been working with me for, how long has it been? It's been a long, long time. 12 12 years? Yeah, Yeah, it's probably been 12 years. It's been a long, long time. And we've helped so many people over the years. And the reason that our program works to help people lose weight is because we hold people accountable. Like we tell them the truth. When people are sucking, we tell them, listen, you're sucking, but that's okay. You don't have to keep sucking because we can make this a little bit better and we'll show you how. But you, you tell me, Ed, and I've never asked you this, but have you noticed over the years that, I mean, we have so many people doing well all the time, but that when people respond negatively to accountability that it's stronger now, or would you say it's about the same? Um, I would say that it's about the same, but it does seem like when they respond strongly, it seems like that, that person is a little more over the top than maybe before. Okay. So you're saying the, the amount is the same, the number of people that react strongly, but when they react, it's stronger. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I would guess that it's probably a little more that acts strongly now um, and the reaction is stronger, but it, it is definitely a stronger reaction. And the kind of things I'm talking about, like when somebody's struggling something, we might call them up and say, um, you know, the, way, the method that we use to track people's food so that they can get control of the calories they're eating. We may ask them when they're struggling, have you been tracking their food properly? Well, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and I bet I bet I could say the first initial of this person's name, Ed, and you'd know exactly who I'm talking about because she is so over the top on all this. 
all I did was ask a simple question like, hey, what's going on, you know, with the tracking your food? Are you doing that right? Because, you know, if we can fix that, if there's a problem, then you'll start losing every week. And she like said, look, I don't want a lecture. I don't need a lecture from you. Now, mind you, people pay for our program. Like it is a paid program. And we tell them up front, we're going to hold you accountable to follow through with what you want. The accountability like just completely rewrites your future because it causes you to do the things you've always wanted to do, but you can't get yourself to do it. And yet I ask a very simple question about food on a diet. And she practically screams at me, I don't want a lecture. So what is the correct response in that situation? Because the correct response is, could not possibly be, I'm completely shut down to learning, which is what she's saying in that scenario. What's the correct response when somebody says, hey, are you tracking your food properly? Honesty. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it yes or no but instead because there's no middle ground there's no discussion when you know something's not going the way we want her reaction is what a freaking jerk i hire this guy to teach me how to do this thing and then i'm not doing and he asks me about it what a jerk and she's totally closed-minded to it when in fact you're absolutely right the correct answer was Yes, I'm doing it properly, or no. But because she didn't ask that, she's stuck now. So she's got to keep making the same mistakes, which means she's eventually got to plateau, which means why all these other people all across the nation and the handful of countries that we do this in are succeeding and having all this success, because, her, because she, choose, she chose to react to her first thought instead of get to the second thought, she's going to be stuck. She will not be one of the people that gets to go away. Now, hypothetically, let's say that she'd said one of those brilliant answers you just came up with, Ed, which was yes. Yes. Or yep. no, right? <laughs> so if she's, let's just say hypothetically, you're coaching, right? right. And she said, uh, actually, no, I haven't been tracking my food at all. So what happens next? What do you do? On our, on our plan, what do you do? Well, we just, we discuss what's going on in her life. Yeah. And she says, oh, now we're on to the second thought. She says, well, yeah, the reason that I'm not tracking is, is because... We're selling our house. And I am so stressed right now because we have inspectors and appraisers. and We're trying to get the work done. And it, I don't even know how to do all this, you know, when you're selling a house in which your response is what? Great. Let me show you how <laughs> others in this situation have done just what you're trying to do. That's exactly it. And, you know, the reason I knew you were going to get that right is because these are the kind of conversations we have all the time. Notice that he, he didn't say, um, we're going to show you what geniuses like us do. We're going to show you what brilliant people that are smarter than you do. We didn't say that. All he said was, we've been doing this. I've been doing this for almost two decades, and Ed's approaching you know, a, dec a little bit more than a decade. He's more than a decade. And the thing is, We've had so many people go through our program and so many success stories dealing with so many problems. If you can just get past that first reaction and open your mind, then all of a sudden, the person that can help you, whether it's us or it's something else you're learning in your life from somebody else, can get you to the point where they say, let me show you how somebody has already beaten the challenge that you're dealing with. And I mean, is that really... Go ahead mentorship in general say it again 
isn't that really what mentorship is in general? Hundred percent. You know, and yeah, it's a hundred percent. And you know, right now, I'm glad that you're saying that um, because you know, my son right now is 19 years old, and Nikki just sent me a meme. Um, <laughs> I wish I could pull it up right now, but I can't. Um, she sent me a meme, and it basically said it was a like a an advertisement for kids. And it said, uh, had a picture of all these kids and they're all in their bathing suits and they have their arms over each other. They're by the beach. They're having the time of their life. And he said, um, kids uh, or teenagers, now's the time to take control of your lives and move out while you're still young and, uh, and you still know everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, all you have to do is move out, pay your own rent, all that. You know what I mean? But it was yeah. funny because move out while you still know everything. You know, he, Logan is a smart kid, but I will tell you this. He also does know everything about everything because he is a teenager. And just like people as they get older, they get close-minded to learning new things and approaching problems a different way because they get stuck in a pattern. I think teenagers do the same thing. They, they have such a small knowledge base that they can't even imagine what the op the other options are because they don't have any, any experience. And so their first thought is, oh, I know the best way. You don't know. Where adults are, I know the best way just because I'm stubborn and I'm stuck in my ways. Or I don't like the way you're talking to me and I'm offended. And you never get to the second thought which actually accomplishes anything. So another kind of question that people ask that sometimes ends up in, a, in like an argument when we're trying to hold somebody accountable. Somebody will, will ask the question and say, um, uh, are you being honest about the information that you're reporting to us each day? And part of our program, like I said, it's based on accountability. And there's a simple communication that you make each day so that we can see if you need help or if you're doing well, we can just say way to go. It's just a simple communication every day to keep you focused. Well, sometimes we know somebody's lying and their results are crystal clear, but they're telling us they're amazing, but we know it's not true. And we'll ask them, hey, you know, are you being honest about what you're reporting? Now, somebody that is doing well on the program tells the truth right there, and then we solve it. But somebody that struggles and has problems, what do they say, Ed? Are you calling me a liar? Are you calling me a liar? <laughs> the first reaction is, like, let's fight, you know what I mean? I can't believe you call me a liar. Now, the person actually is lying. We know that. How many times if you ask somebody if they're, if they're uh, lying about their, their daily report, Ed, how many times would you say you ask somebody if they're lying and they're not? Um, oh, gosh. Maybe one a year. <laughs> Never. Yeah, one yeah. a year. All we do all day long is talk to people and help people and answer questions and solve people and <laughs> It like never happens. And yet there's a percentage of those people will ask, hey, are you being honest with what you're telling us? And they'll say, are you calling a liar? Their first reaction is to fight back instead of open your mind and say, well, wait a minute. Why are they asking this question if I'm being honest? The reason they're asking this question is because there might be thing after dealing with this for decades that they know that I don't know. And the, so the first response is, are you a liar? But the correct response, Ed, is what? 
Um, no. <laughs> yeah, or yes. Or, yeah. <laughs> that one person a year that says yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, if you remove this need to always be right, if you remove this need to have to be on one side or the other, and just kind of put yourself in the middle of this with an open mind and say, wait a minute, there might be a reason that they're asking this. You know, when you look at the, the China situation we're talking about, you know, why would they be doing something so, like, so risky, like potentially getting in a war with the United States? There's got to be a reason that they think that's okay. Why on both sides, when you talk about gun violence, why are people so strongly for and strongly against when there's probably a place in the middle where people can get what they want and everybody will not get what they want. But you know what? There's probably a place in the middle where people can have what they want, but there's also some regulation so that it's a little safer. And we, you know, we don't have guns killing people because they're in the hands of crazy people. I mean, there probably is a way. Yeah, go ahead. Isn't that what compromise is all about? It's like, when when at the end both people feel like they they didn't get what they want but they got a little bit i mean that's that's the middle ground i and, think so and what's interesting about what we do is that middle ground means they succeed yeah you're absolutely right because in that i don't i don't i i will tell you like the middle ground is a little confusing because i think people need to commit to certain things yeah. you know and 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 show that they're going to follow through but you're absolutely right when it comes to learning you know when it comes to changing some of your old habits and turning them into something useful you're absolutely right sometimes the answers are not on the outskirts you know, where it seems really extreme, you know, if somebody's trying to lose weight, they think, okay, I just need to starve myself and not eat anything and exercise for five hours a day. Or, or the other people that think, well, I have to lift really heavy weights. That's the only way when the truth is, it's not one of any of these things, you know, you have to get a little control of your food, you know, a little bit of resistance training is good. You know, you've got to learn to do the right kind of cardio that causes change, you know, it, but you don't learn these pieces and put these together in the right way until you say, all right, let me like just stop and look at what's going on and get past that first knee-jerk reaction and actually move to the place where I can be a little bit more open-minded to what I'm doing. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up right now. And you want to learn to get control of what you're doing and you want to be able to do these things long-term where they stick and they become who you are. What's going to have to happen is, is you're going to have to take these habits that you have right now, these beliefs that you have that have always caused you not to get what you want, and you're going to have to release the reins on them a little bit, give a little slack on them, and start to kind of say, well, wait a minute. What I do, the things that I believe in, that I hold firm to, that I just want to say, this is the answer. I've been trying to lose weight for 20 years, which means that must not be working. And then you open your mind up and go spend a little time in the middle trying to figure out what are the things that you don't know? What are the things that you need to be more clear on? What are the things that you need to learn so that you can get what you want? Because if you get away from those extremes on either side, you can actually learn how to do something like this, like lose weight and how to keep it off long term. Because that's where the information is. It isn't on the extremes. It's somewhere in the middle. All right. Ed, I appreciate you for being here. And by the way, anybody, guys, 
if you have like a, one of the things that we get all that we get all day, I mean, very regularly is we get people calling us and asking about the program and they have questions about how they think about certain things. And after listening to this, you might be questioning some of the things that you believe about losing weight. Like, you know, I mean, do I need to eat low carbs? You know, do I need to run, which you don't do you need to eat? Well, you don't need to eat low carbs either. Most people don't. Do I need to eat high protein? which you probably don't. Do you need to, do I need to starve myself and eat way low calories? You know, do I do have to do lots of exercise a day? You know, are there certain things I should and I should not eat? It is totally okay to call us about your specific beliefs and, and really just kind of like, like get some clarity on that. Hey, what the people that you've helped throughout the years, you know, what, what have they experienced with this? I mean, do you have a lot of people that, you know, that have problem with carbs or have problems with fat or have problems with exercise or, you know, are injured so they can't exercise. Like how do people deal with these? Come in with your beliefs and ask us about them. You can reach us at 402-214-7788 and just ask us about that. Once you do that, you get away from the extreme. You learn what actually works and doesn't work. And before you know it, you're like all the other people on our program that are succeeding and doing like having huge success because you're actually doing what's right instead of doing like that first knee-jerk reaction of this makes me mad or this is what I think is right, even though it's, it's really on the extreme of one side or the other. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay, sure sounds. Sure. <laughs> you know, if there was ever a middle-of-the-road answer, <laughs> sure is it. Not yes, not no, sure. We're going to close it right there. That was perfect, Ed. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Feel free to give us a call anytime if you have some questions. And we'll see you guys on the next podcast.